Hello and welcome to the Unequal podcast. Late last Friday, India banned the export of wheat. Just a day before that, India had announced that it will be sending trade delegations to nine countries with the idea of attempting to boost wheat exports. Needless to say, the about turn was dramatic and has attracted some severe criticism, particularly from the West. Global wheat prices rose as much as 8% on the news. With me to make sense of India's wheat export ban is Siraj Hussain, who was formerly the top bureaucrat in India's agriculture ministry and is one of the most respected voices on Indian agriculture. Welcome, Siraj Sab. Thank you. Uh, let's go back a month or so. The Indian government was extremely bullish on India's wheat export potential, saying that India can feed the world. But even then, you had been writing and advising that India should not get carried away. What was it that you saw at that time and the Indian government did not? Till February 2022, the government had every reason to be highly optimistic about the size of the wheat crop and the general availability of wheat in the country. The food grain stocks were very high. So two things happened. First of all, the government of UP, after winning the assembly elections, announced 5 kilogram extra food grain per person for a period of 3 months. The government of India had not made this announcement till then, which means that the UP government would have had to get these food grains at the economic cost from the Food Corporation of India. The next day, the union government also announced continuation of the PMGKY, Pradhan Mantri Garib Kalyan Anni Yojana for a period of six months. Now, as we entered March, we could see that the temperatures are rising much more than the usual rise in temperatures in previous years. And media was reporting that this higher temperature is going to have an adverse impact on the crop. So that is why at that time, with the experience of 2005-06, we were uh, writing about the caution to be exercised by the government in managing the stock of wheat. Also, the Russian war on Ukraine had started in the, towards the end of February. So that was also quite visible to all the commentators. So in a sense, you saw that but India has been, the government at that time said that we are comfortable in terms of stocks of wheat to feed our domestic populations. Uh, but you think that was not the case at that time? That is not quite correct because the second advance estimate was issued in February, which had projected that India is on track to produce 111 million tons of wheat, uh, which is a very good crop size. So um, there were genuine reasons for the government to be very optimistic about the size of the wheat crop. Uh, but I think there was some delay in assessing the impact of heat wave in March uh, and early April on the wheat crop, especially in the major surplus regions of India, that is Punjab, Haryana and Uttar Pradesh. But at the time that the government had <coughs> spoken about um, feeding the world, um, at around the same time, the central government had also sent teams to Punjab to assess the uh, damage to the crop. So, in a sense, the government knew that there has been damage. It's it's not that it was unaware, right? 
No, the government is not unaware. In fact, compared to any other <coughs> body, whether in the private sector or in the trade, the government has more information than anyone else. The government has uh, satellite information from satellite. The government has intelligence bureau. It has the state governments. It can conduct crop cutting experiments. Uh, it can use drones. So government has more information than anyone else. So I would not say that um, other people have more information than the, gov than the government. Uh, yet it continued to, <clears throat> I mean, despite uh, you had been advising at around the same time not to, I mean, not to go overboard with weed exports, right? Uh, and, and, and to, and to uh, curtain the domestic situation first. Uh, but even then the government continued talking about feeding the world and, and then which which in, in a sense led to this uh, dramatic U-turn where India is sending trade delegations to explore, uh, to explore the possibility of wheat exports in nine countries and the next states banning wheat exports. Uh, what do you make of the of the U-turn? Do you think that could have been, uh, this situation could have been avoided? I think uh, some uh, ministers in the government may have estimated that uh, a way will be found by Russia to send its crop into the global markets by July. And therefore, perhaps the government may have assessed that this export window may not be available after July. So I think that could be a reason why the government was aggressive in persuading other countries and convincing other countries that they should import wheat from India. But we must remember that uh, the share of India in the global wheat trade of about 200 million tons is just about 2% in the previous years. So this year, uh, it is correct that uh, there was an opportunity for Indian farmers to realize a better price and for Indian exporters to explore new markets, which were earlier not available to India. Uh, now, due to this blockage of uh, wheat lying in Ukraine silos and also Russian wheat, the global prices are ruling very high and Indian wheat is quite competitive. There is demand for Indian wheat and many other countries are now accepting Indian wheat. So, there were reasons to be bullish. The only thing is that uh, perhaps, and it is only a guess, that perhaps uh, the officers uh, advice was not taken seriously enough at the political level. <clears throat> so, I mean, so so the advisor, so the bureaucrats would have been advising because they would have seen that these are the complications, especially given the early summer March heat wave in in and and the damage to the crops there. Uh, do you think that the damage has now been assessed? correctly uh, because now India has reduced its estimate to about 105 million tons which is 6 million tons less than the original estimate. Do you think um, the the damage to the crop has been taken into account now or do you think uh, because some commentators have been saying that the damage is far greater so so India's crop could be less than 100 million tons. Frankly I do not know what is the official estimate of the government. <clears throat> Uh, Professor Ramesh Chen in an interview had given some estimates as you are saying of about 105 million tons. Uh, but I think a more agreeable figure would be something around 100 million tons. Some people 
are claiming that the crop size may be even smaller but i think a more realistic estimate would be about 100 million tons it is of course true that these are all uh, estimates based on information which is being taken from various sources unofficial sources so there is no way to verify whether it is 95 or 100 uh, but the general uh, you know consensus in the industry seems to be that the crop size is less than 105 which is what the government is saying less than 105 million tons which means around a 15% reduction i would say that uh, the reduction may be about 10% or so okay But i think very soon we the government will release the figures and and what does this mean for the adequacy of stocks that india needs for domestic needs so india has a massive public distribution system um 800 million people uh, get uh, subsidized food through that uh, do we have enough stocks uh, to be able to do that yes the government year? has done well to substitute wheat by rice the allocation of wheat under national food security act uh, beneficiaries has been reduced Uh, and it has been replaced by rice similarly the allocation of wheat under dhan mantri garib kalyan anu yojana has been reduced uh, so the government will have some space to intervene in the market under open market sale scheme if the prices rise uh, but one thing is clear that uh, uh, the government will not be able to afford another extension of dhan mantri garib kalyan anu yojana beyond september okay and this is the scheme which has been of much benefit to the poor of india for the last 2 years when their incomes have been um, severely damaged because of uh, the covid pandemic and the economic slowdown so this garib kalyan yojana is it gives 5 kg of uh, of grains to every family uh, to every individual who is covered under the national food security act but do you think that already the situation is such Uh, that india has had to uh, reduce its wheat um, wheat outlay during in the national food security act replace it with rice and you think that it cannot uh, any longer carry on the garib kalyan yojana which means this which means uh, it could impact the poor of india severely i think uh, it is not uh, expected that that it will continue beyond september this additional allocation we must remember that uh, before covid came uh, the allocation per person was only 5 kilograms per month so it was during covid and due to excessive stock of wheat and rice that the government uh, allotted an additional quantity of 5 kilograms per person that to free of cost so it was uh, i think um, it is known that uh, it is not an entitlement guaranteed by the national food security act it was due to peculiar set of circumstances at that time that the government came up with additional allocation on the other hand it's also true that the number of people covered by the national food security act should have increased had a census been conducted because we are still using the population figures of 2011 to calculate the number of people who are covered by the national food security act it's been 10 years there are several aspects of that uh, on the one hand there is this demand by yonrees etc ritika kheda and others who demand that uh, the number should increase because the population has increased 
on the other hand there are very highly reputed economists who have been saying that uh, you know poverty is now almost eliminated uh, dr sujit bhalla has written a paper with dr virmani in which he has said that uh, almost no indian is now below the poverty line and roy and roy um, have also written another paper from the world bank in which they have said that poverty is down to 10% so there is an argument that uh, there is perhaps no need of covering 80% people with such high level of subsidized food grains i think do, do you agree with those arguments <laughs> obviously um, there is no official estimate of the extent of poverty because the consumption expenditure survey of 2018-19 was withdrawn of the government on the ground that the data was inconsistent so these two papers as i have told you have argued that the level of poverty is much much low than what is generally believed i think the government will take a call maybe after the elections of 2024 Yeah, so for it's been, I think, uh, almost ten years that India has India has yet to officially um, officially give a number on how many poor people India has, or or, or to revise the poverty line. But uh, surveys in the last in 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 the COVID pandemic in the last two years have shown, like I think, uh, in February there was a survey which said that eighty percent of those surveyed suffered a degree of food insecurity. and we know that people have lost their incomes their incomes have been curtailed due to the pandemic and also have uh, suffered otherwise um uh, which so i want to come back to the export ban uh, once before uh, we wrap up um uh, so i mean like you mentioned that india has, for the last uh, for the last 10 years or so india has not been a major player in the global trade uh, right so uh, the, even this year when india when it when india had announced that it will be exporting more and because of the situation in in ukraine and and russia's invasion of ukraine there was i mean there was a global globally there was a concern around the supplies of particularly of wheat uh, so it was expected that india could supply around 10 million tons which it seems it already has reached very close to that level why do you do you, do you think that the reaction particularly of the west with the g7 criticizing india quite harshly and the us also criticizing india Uh, do you think that this is this reaction is a bit overblown disproportionate to india's influence in the market actually uh, many of these comments are coming because uh, indian ministers were themselves arguing that india will will feed the world and so on so um, it is also true that uh, after the ban was imposed by india the global prices went up at seabot uh, so uh, even though in the previous years india's contribution to global trade was very low but this year uh, because one th- almost one third of the global trade about 29% of the global trade in wheat is controlled by ukraine and russia and that is not in the market so india uh, would have played a very important role but i think the government has taken a correct decision Mm, even though uh, in my view instead of a complete ban about a month back the government could have perhaps said that we will allow exports against letters of credit so slowly uh, this ban instead of a complete and sudden ban uh, there could have been a policy of 
moderate influence, which incidentally the government uh, did have by um, the railway ministry, for example, restricting the movement of wheat rakes from wheat growing regions to ports. The, the railways ministry decided that it will give only one rake a day. Also, the security deposit for rakes was raised from rupees 50,000 to rupees 5 lakhs a rake. So it is not that uh, this ban has come too suddenly. Anyone who thinks that it is very sudden, you know, uh, is not quite uh, tuned in, I would say, because uh, the railway ministry's actions are known. However, people were still expecting because of the statements being given by the ministers that, uh, uh, you know, we, our exports will continue and so on. That is why the expectation was that a complete ban may not come. So, 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 so the reaction, in a sense, the criticism is more because of uh, the kind of uh, rhetoric that India was using about feeding the world, more than the reality of India's influence in the global wheat trade. This year, of course, we, <coughs> our, any senior functionaries of the government had said that India can export up to 15 million tons. Even then, it would have been about only 6% of the global wheat trade. Exactly. I mean, on the other hand, we also saw Kazakhstan uh, in, introducing, which which also exports about as much as India. Uh, Kazakhstan also introduced uh, quotas last month, but that time we did not see this kind of criticism uh, happen of Kazakhstan. But as you mentioned, that probably because uh, the Indian ministers were talking about this so much and and the, and, and the kind of rhetoric. Um, that uh, just one last question. I know you have to go, but just one last question. Can you uh, can you explain a little bit on what happened in March? Why the heat wave uh, damaged the crop so badly? And going forward with climate change, uh, do, uh, can we expect more and more uh, concern around the supply of food like we see this year? In fact, uh, there are very serious concerns about the impact of climate change. The UN has released a report yesterday uh, in which it has come out very clearly that there is uh, warming of uh, two kilometers depth of sea. So all this is going to have impact on weather patterns, you know, several countries in the world experienced uh, a lot of flooding last year, many regions experienced erratic rains. So climate change is upon us. and and all the countries will do well to prepare. However, uh, you know, what can one say when, uh, you know, a powerful country like Russia attacks um, a very, uh, you know, an ally, a country which was a part of it not too long back, uh, sharing the same culture. So, um, you know, effectively, in, uh, the food crisis which will emerge in 2022 will not be so much because of climate change as because of the Russian war on Ukraine. And I must say that uh, for many commodities, uh, the transportation cost by ship is more than the cost of the item which is being shipped. Correct. Which is because of the fuel costs uh, increasing. Fuel cost and also the, um, the influence of the Americans uh, the sanctions and and the holding pattern ownership pattern of ships okay uh, thanks a lot uh, siraj sahab that was very enlightening um, 
great to have you on this podcast thanks a lot and hope to have you again for a longer conversation